This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, October 28th. I'm Samantha Sherris. The U.S. economy grew by 2.6% in the third quarter, according to a U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis report released Thursday. While the number exceeded some economists' expectations, E.J. Antoni of the Heritage Foundation told me it's not all good news. E.J. joins the show to discuss why, his thoughts on President Biden's comments, and some updates on the student loan forgiveness plan. We'll get to my interview with EJ right after this. Did you know that under Biden, our military is dangerously weak? So weak that we're not ready if China, Russia, or Iran attacks. We explain why and how to fix it in our 2023 Index of U.S. Military Strength, a comprehensive deep dive on the readiness of our nation to face threats and complete its mission in today's world. Learn more at heritage.org slash military. Joining the podcast today is E.J. Antoni. He is a research fellow in regional economics in the Center for Data Analysis here at the Heritage Foundation. E.J., thanks so much for joining us. Sam, thanks for having me. Of course. It's great to have you back on. I want to talk about the gross domestic product, or GDP, that was released on Thursday morning. It increased by 2.6%. Uh, in the third quarter of 2022, according to a U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis report. EJ, you told me on Thursday morning that this report isn't all good news. Why is that? It's a great question. Usually when we talk about these numbers, we always think a growing GDP means growing economy, and that's, that's good for people. But this is one of those instances where that's not really the case. So GDP is composed of four different things. We have consumer spending, we have business investment, then we have government, and then we have something called net exports. So when you look at the first three, that's consumer spending, what you, know, what you and I go out and buy, business investment, and then government, you combine those three and you actually get a negative number. And so where did all the growth come from? It came from that last category, net exports. And the mathematics behind that is essentially we take all of our exports and then we subtract out our imports and that value is a contribution to GDP. Well, because Americans were literally poorer in the third quarter, we could afford fewer imports. And that combined with the increase in exports is where we got literally all the growth from in the third quarter. Now, I want to ask you a little bit more about um, what we saw in the second quarter. The GDP decreased uh, by 0.6%. And you know, since that report and over the last few months, generally, we've heard about a recession based on the GDP um, report that we saw on Thursday. And, um, you know, this this increase that we saw of 2.6 percent. Are you still concerned about a recession? Uh, why or why not? No, certainly. And I mean, we've at this point already had the recession because we had two consecutive quarters of negative growth. And then if you want to look at the entire year, so all you know, all three quarters, the first nine months of 2022, the economy has grown 0.08%. So not even a hundredth of 1%. I mean, if that's not a recession, I don't know what is. And when I talk to people, it feels like a recession to all of them. Mm-hmm. They're not able to afford what they used to buy. They're not able to save as much as they used to save. And what they are able to save, their investments aren't doing as well. Mm-hmm. So once again, I, if this is not a recession, I'm not quite sure what is. Mm-hmm. I've certainly seen prices at you know my local supermarket going up over the last few months. Um, noticeably for different items. Uh, so, you know, I, I personally am feeling it as well. Um, you know, we still have some time before the next report is released, but based on what we've been seeing, 
Um, and of course, by then we'll have more complete data. Uh, do you think we'll continue in this in this pattern of seeing an increase, or do you think we could uh, go back to seeing potential decreases? That's a great question. As, as a former bartender, I'll, I'll use a bit of an alcohol <laughs> analogy here. Um, this last report, I think, the third quarter report, that is, mm-hmm. I think was last call. Mm-hmm. So if you want to judge the party based on alcohol consumption, things are looking great, right? That, that's that's a high number. But viewed in context, the party's over. Mm-hmm. And I think from here on out, we go back to negative numbers. And the key reason for that is because the dollar is getting so strong relative to other currencies. Now, for, for you and I, when we go out shopping, it doesn't feel like the dollar's very strong, mm-hmm. right? Everything's getting more expensive. Our dollar doesn't go as far. But when you look at the dollar compared to other currencies – it's strong because those other currencies are getting weaker faster than our dollar Mm -hmm. is. And as a result of that, our exports, which are other countries' imports, are gonna be more expensive, Mm -hmm. which means we will export less. And so the only thing that is really a large positive contributor to GDP at this point is going to go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to ask, I know you know, I'm not sure if you can see into the future at all, but if you could predict when Americans might be able to see some relief from um, this economic stress that uh, many of us have been feeling over the last couple of weeks, over the last, um, you know, year or so, uh, can you provide any insight, any, uh, you know, glimpse of glimpse of hope? <laughs> I'm not sure I can provide a glimpse of hope. I can, pro- can provide some insight, though. Uh, you know, un- unfortunately, what got us here are bad public policies. And until those bad public policies change, the outlook is not going to change. Um, but I suppose I suppose the glimmer of hope then is that these are self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you take away, again, those negative inputs, the negative outputs will go away as well. So it's not as if it, we've somehow hit a point of no return. I don't think we have, at least. I want to ask about President Biden's comments on Thursday about the GDP report. He said, For months, doomsayers have been arguing that the U.S. economy is in a recession and congressional Republicans have been rooting for a downturn. But today, on Thursday, when he was saying this, we got further evidence that our economic recovery is continuing to power forward. Today's, Thursday's, data shows that in the third quarter, Americans' incomes were up and price increases in the economy came down. What's your reaction to, to President Biden's comments? Well, let's take that last piece first. Price increases came down. He didn't say prices stopped increasing. Mm-hmm. The increases just aren't quite as horrible as they were in previous months. But we're looking at we're looking at prices that are still more than eight percent up compared to where they were a year ago. And that's just overall. You want to talk about specific items, mm-hmm. then it gets it gets even worse, especially when we start getting into basic staples like gasoline, eggs, milk, bread, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, let's go back to to this whole idea that the economy is somehow powering forward. Growth of less than one hundredth of one percent is not powering forward. That is anemic mm-hmm. at best, and it, it's on the verge of going downhill. Now, just speaking of the president, Biden claimed earlier this week during an interview with Now This News that his student loan forgiveness plan was backed by congressional support. My colleague Virginia Allen reported on this uh, earlier in the week. Let's take a listen to his comments per town hall. You probably are aware I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues, the same people who got PPP loans during the for up to close to, in some cases up to five, six hundred thousand dollars. They have no problem with that. The individuals in Congress got those. 
But um, what we've provided for is if you went to school, if you qualify for a Pell Grant, you qualify for 2000 I mean, excuse me, uh, you, you qualify for $20,000 in debt forgiveness. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two, and it's in effect. So Biden actually used executive action for this plan. It wasn't signed into law, and Congress did not vote on it. Also, the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals temporarily halted the plan about a week ago. If this plan does move forward, what impact would it have on the economy? Well, I suppose the president was in a way correct when he said he got it passed by a vote or two. It was his own, mm-hmm. right? He did this by executive fiat. There, there was no action in Congress. I mean, I, I suppose the president suffers from short-term memory loss, perhaps. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the impact on the economy— I mean, this is just more spending, more money that the government doesn't have that will have to be covered by the Federal Reserve, which means more printed cash out there in the economy, which means more inflation. And I fail to see why we're going to give another handout to literally the only demographic whose wages have kept up with inflation. Mm -hmm. When you start going through the census data, you find, for example, black men have probably been hit the hardest by Biden's inflation and their wages not keeping up. But literally, the only group is college grads whose wages have risen faster than inflation. And yet they're the ones we're going to give all this money to. Well, you speak about college grads. And I'll be honest, on my Instagram feed um, for the stories, I've seen a ton of, uh, you know, posts and, and uh, you know, sharing about the student loan plan and people, you know, expressing their support of it, saying how it's, you know, a great idea and, um, you know, it's going to help so many people. What is your message uh, specifically to that demographic who might believe that this is, you know, a great idea? Well, number one, it's a classic case of robbing Peter to pay Paul and the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing, even if you're one of the people who get relief from this, you're still going to pay for it in your taxes. And you might make the argument, well, I'll pay less in taxes than I'll actually get from from this. Okay, that's great, until the next generation comes around and they demand the exact same handout that you got. And now what? And now you're paying money Mm -hmm. for a benefit you're not receiving. So, E.G., just broadly speaking about the economy right now, how are Americans doing? Americans are hurting. I mean, really, truly, genuinely hurting. You know, for for the elite, for people whose income would typically adjust well with inflation and who have a lot of assets that appreciate as inflation goes up, they're doing just fine. But the middle and working classes are, are just getting absolutely crushed. The average earner has lost $3,000 in annual income since Biden took office. For for the typical family with two parents working, if they're both earning that average income, that's a $6,000 loss. Throw on another $1,200 in increased borrowing costs on average because interest rates have gone up. And then that's just the average. If you want to talk about someone, let's say, who's trying to buy a home right now compared to someone who bought a home when Biden first took office, take the median priced home, your the typical 30-year mortgage on that, the given the interest rate changes and the price changes, the mortgage, those monthly payments on the mortgage, it's going to cost you an additional ten grand a year. Over a 30-year loan, that's $300,000 more for the same house. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely insane. I hope that Americans can receive some economic relief soon. Uh, EJ, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It's always great to have you on and to get your insight. EJ Antoni with the Heritage Foundation. Thanks so much. Samantha, thanks for having me. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to my interview with EJ Antoni. 
If you haven't gotten a chance, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day, and we'll be back with you all this afternoon for top news. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Samantha Asheris, and Jillian Richards. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.